Red Apple Media Podcast Network presents This is Protecting America. Now, here's Emmy-winning journalist Rita Cosby. And welcome to another edition of Protecting America. Some very heated hearings on Capitol Hill in the last few days where the Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, was absolutely grilled on the Biden administration's poor enforcement of protecting our southern border. And some stunning numbers on the amount of illegal immigrants and also drugs flowing into our country. And joining us now to talk about all of this is Derek Maltz. He is the former director of the DEA's Special Operations Division, and he was also the chief of the New York Drug Enforcement Task Force. Derek, great to have you here on our podcast. Thank you very much, Rita. appreciate everything you're doing to spread the awareness about what's going on in the southern border and the deadly impacts to our communities and families around this country. You know, Derek, sadly, there is a tremendous impact. I first want to get your take on just the searing, I think, of Alejandro Mayorkas. And here he is telling the American public, everything's fine. We're doing a good job on the southern border. I thought, what planet is he on? Right. I mean, it's actually very, very sad if you think about his title is Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security. And we have incredibly horrible homeland security right now. We're in a national drug crisis like we've never seen in the history of the country. We have a humanitarian crisis, which is beyond comprehension. I was at the border a couple of weeks ago, and I got briefings by the executives on the border and and listened to them firsthand of what was going on. And the other thing is you have a public health crisis. You have all of these people coming in from around the world, 150 countries, invading our cities. We have no idea who they are. We don't even know, like the gotaways. Rita, like another thing like no one talks about in the media is the thousands and thousands of people that are running across the border. I think they estimated in the month of March, 62,000 gotaways. These are people we have no idea who sent them, why they're coming here, what are they doing here, what's their plan here, and have no idea what disease is or what they may be bringing into this country. Those are the ones that don't get apprehended. We already have a million apprehensions in the first six months of this fiscal year. So it's unbelievable that he would actually lie to the public and tell the public everything's under control. How bad do you think it is? How would you assess it as someone who has watched what's happened at the border for so many years, Derek? Well, one thing that's very sad is the fact that a lot of times you don't recognize the ramifications for several years, right? So we were down there getting briefings from the chief of the Border Patrol and other executives. And it's just like, for example, like the amount of drones that the Mexican cartels are sending into America to spy on our Border Patrol. 9,000 drones have come into the country by the cartels and the smuggling organization. The stash houses where these young kids and these women are getting sexually molested at record numbers and they're sitting in these containers with no air conditioning. No water, because the cartels demand a certain amount of money if you want conditions with air conditioning and food and water. And then just the journey from these countries and all the sexual assaults and assaults on these people and the amount of money that they're indebted to the cartels. We've never seen anything like this. The coroner down there in Laredo was telling everyone how in 26 years of doing this business, they've never seen so many dead bodies on the border. So people that are making these journeys 
They have no food, no water. It's hot down there. They're dying in the field. So they're finding dead bodies all over the place. And then the high-speed chases. That's another thing you don't hear about. I was blown away. They showed us footage of the high-speed chases of the illegal migrants as they're trying to get away from Border Patrol and police. And they're going into head-on traffic where you see decapitated bodies in the streets. And a lot of these people are legitimate citizens of America. It's unbelievable. It's something you've never heard about until you go down there and you watch what's happening. And the morale, the Border Patrol morale is at an all-time low because they signed up for border security and they've been detailed to do processing of paperwork to then release people into America. So they're having issues, you know, domestic issues with their spouses because they're so stressed out and they're wondering, what the hell am I doing as a daily job? I'm paid to protect Americans, not let these people into the country. So it's really pathetic and it's very, very sad. And unfortunately, we'll feel the ramifications in a few years and maybe not sooner. You know, they had 42 terrorists that were on the watch list that we know of under Biden's administration that they actually apprehended. What about all these gotaways? How many got into the country? You bring up so many points because, first off, I want to get to the border morale, the Border Patrol morale, because we just saw the passing of a Texas National Guardsman, Bishop Evans, who went in to save migrants. Turns out the migrants were drug smugglers. But here he goes in. It just shows that these people that are working on the border, you know, they're trying to save lives. They're trying to save folks who are crossing the country illegally, and it's risky for them. So many people don't realize the risk that our folks are putting themselves in. Right, and these car chases I talked about, every day they're chasing migrants all over the place, and they're putting their lives at risk. And, you know, the thing that people don't realize is these are American patriots. They work so hard, and even despite no support, low pay, you know, the public just, you know, is against law enforcement, you know, over the last couple of years. Right. And unfortunately, these people may not come home at night and their spouses are sitting home. They're on the border. But unfortunately, most of them are in there doing processing and babysitting. That's not what they signed up for. They signed up to protect America and they can't protect America. They're actually watching things happen right down the river that they can't act on because they can't leave the processing sites. That's how pathetic this is. What about also the fact that they were accused by this administration, remember, of whipping the migrants? Remember that whole thing? And then it turns out, yeah, you don't hear anything. Then it turns out that the charges were actually dropped privately. They never got charged, but then yet publicly they don't get cleared. Right. So in April, I went down to the border with former DHS Acting Secretary Chad Wolf Mark Morgan, CBP commissioner, and Rodney Scott, the chief of the Border Patrol. And those guys, like I asked them, because I'm not a Border Patrol expert, but I asked them about the protocols, and they followed every protocol. Those heroes were out there doing their job, and the president of the United States was critical of them, right off the bat, without even knowing any of the facts. Now, what about this poor 22-year-old kid that just died? Did you see the press secretary's response about this kid? Instead of, you know giving him accolades and thanking him for his service. What did she do? She, oh, he's not a federal employee. He's a state, you know, Texas guardsman or whatever she said. But it's disgusting, the lack of appreciation for these brave men and women that are keeping us all safe every day. You know, the public needs to understand, Rita, that one kilogram of fentanyl, that's 2.2 pounds, can kill potentially 500,000 people. So it's a chemical weapon 
that's coming across our border every day, killing historic numbers of kids. And these brave men and women, they made 11,201 pounds they seized last year alone at the Southwest border in the CBP alone. And then the DEA, I mean, they seized 15,000 pounds of fentanyl and 20,400,000 pills, these fake pills that are killing kids instantly. The DEA administrator put out in her emergency press conference that they seized enough fentanyl in the DEA alone last year to kill every American. Okay, and this is really, really important because we've never seen in the history of this country the amount of deaths from these poisonous, deadly drugs that are made in these filthy labs in Mexico as the Chinese transnational criminals are providing these chemicals that are helping the cartels make the fentanyl. So it's an unbelievable attack on our kids. The cartels are the enemy of our children. And yet, you know what else, Rita, real quick? This is something that caught my attention because I'm a common sense New York guy, right? So hear me out. The president said in his press statement, I think in December, that we have an unusual and an extraordinary threat to public safety, national security by these drug cartels. So the question to the president and the borders are, wherever the hell she is in the world right now, why then is the border wide open making a statement that this is an extraordinary threat to national security? Doesn't that defy common sense, Rita? Yeah, it sure does. And by the way, speaking of the borders are, how would you rate the quote borders are Kamala Harris? Triple zero. You ever see a Cheerio like the shape of Cheerios? This is what she is, a zero. She's got no substance. All she does is laugh. We're in this really dangerous situation right now in this country. And she's not even going down there to thank the men and women on the Border Patrol and the CBP and the DEA and the FBI and Homeland Security. She's not even appreciative of the work that they're doing. They just want these people coming in so they can change the voting structure in America for the future. So they never lose an election again. Now, do you believe that that's what it is about? Because otherwise it kind of defies logic. Why would you have an open border? Why would you push to lift Title 42? That's that health care provision. Why would you basically say, oh, everything's fine? Do you believe that that is the objective? Because what else is the objective? So my personal opinion, this is only an opinion, that is the primary objective so they could change the voting you know, structure forever, right? In all these states around America, as they're dumping these migrants into these different states like Florida and other states that are traditionally you know, voting for Republicans. But the thing that is true, and this is something I always want to be fair, a lot of these people are very poor. Their countries are run by narco traffickers and terrorists. And they just want a better life for their family. That's all legit. A lot of these people, I have no idea what the percentage would be, but a vast majority are just poor people trying to get here. So I do believe, I do believe, because I want to try to be fair, I'm just giving you my opinion. I do believe that there are people that care to put these people in a better place. But it's totally negligent the way they're doing it. Have them, you know, follow the law follow the protocols that President Trump had, remain in Mexico, and some of these other asylum processes they had in place. And then you know what? Then everybody wins. We love immigration. We want immigrants to come to this country. I want immigrants here. I love immigrants, but we just can't have a free-for-all, so we have no idea who they are and what they're doing here. Because think about it, Rita. This is not just poor people from Central America and Mexico. 
This is 150 countries, China, Russia, the Middle East, Iran, Yemen. These are really, really, you know, concerning countries to me. I paid attention to the terrorist organizations that are operating in these parts of the world. And they hate America. They want to destroy America. And it doesn't take a lot. Okay, so I think that to answer your question, the primary objective is to change the voting for America for the future so they never lose again. But there's other factors as well. I want to talk about a little bit about you were talking about the risk to us. Talk about who some of these individuals are, because one of the things that was stunning, Derek Maltz, was during the hearings that took place just a few days ago. Here's my orcas. He's asked, can you guarantee that people were, you know, that were on the terrorist watch list are not let go in America? How many of them could be? I don't know. And then there was another exchange. Well, don't you think a number of these people will be repeat offenders or will commit crimes? Oh, yeah, probably. How serious is the threat by an open border? Okay, so let's just talk about where anybody listening to this could relate to this. So think about the 60,000 a month, 50 to 60,000 a month that are just running into the country. We don't even know who they are. There could be 20,000 terrorists a month coming into the country. We know we have gangsters. We know we have sexual predators, child molesters, and human traffickers, but we could have massive ISIS, Al-Qaeda. Rita, when I was running the Special Operations Division, we were involved in a very, very significant operation called Project Cassandra. Project Cassandra was the DEA's investigation to expose Hezbollah and their connectivity and relationships with the Mexican cartels. As a matter of fact, the main guy that we indicted in the Eastern District of Virginia, Amin Juma, was indicted for moving about the proceeds of about 85,000 kilograms of Lozetta's cartel cocaine. He was moving $200 million a month back to these bad guys and helping to support Hezbollah and ultimately Iran. So we know the linkage is there with the terrorists, the traditional terrorists. In Yemen, for example, we have jihad universities teaching these young kids how to be radical jihadists. And Al-Qaeda's cell, AQAP, they call it, is based in Yemen. And we have a lot of bad guys that are just training to become radicalized to destroy America. Remember the shoe bomber that was going to blow up the plane, the Delta Airlines, I think it was, coming into Chicago, somewhere in the Midwest? Yep, Richard Reed. In Yemen. Richard Reed, they were trained in Yemen, these guys. There was another guy, too. I can't remember their names. But Yemen trains people how to destroy, you know, their adversaries. So I'm very concerned about these gotaways and people in the mainstream media. They're not even talking about it. As a matter of fact, Rita, CBP does a great job at publishing statistics on their website. But unless I miss something, and I'm pretty sure I'm right about this, they're not reporting the gotaway numbers. And talking to the experts that I talk to, the gotaway numbers are very, very low. In other words, they're reported lower than they actually are because they have no idea how many really got over the border. They're only basing this on like the sensors and the cameras and people that they actually saw. But there's plenty of parts of the border where they don't have the visibility. And so that's really scary. So that's the one part of it that really bothers me the most. So that should concern anybody listening to this podcast. And Derek Maltz, you know, they're looking at lifting Title 42. The Biden administration's made it clear that they think, okay, they're making it sound like it's CDC's decision. 
because, oh, no threat at the border. Meanwhile, they're pushing for a mask mandate. I mean, the double standard and the hypocrisy is amazing because it's like there's no COVID at the border. Don't worry about it there. But as we're seeing that for a health provision, I contend, why not make fentanyl a health provision? If they're not, if they're saying, okay, well, we don't have to worry about COVID at the border, which I don't think anybody believes because they're not checking vaccinations. They're not checking health issues. They're not checking even criminal issues at the border. It's outrageous. But why not make fentanyl a health issue? That would be even a good reason alone to say, let's keep Title 42 in place. Absolutely. So a couple of comments. Number one, the families against fentanyl have been pushing hard to declare fentanyl a weapon of mass destruction. And even though it may not fit into the bureaucratic definition that we have from 1922 or whatever year it is, right? These antiquated definitions that we have in Washington. And in my opinion, just some good old common sense, fentanyl is a classic chemical weapon. It's made in labs. It's deadly. It's killing at record levels. 293 kids a day are dying from drugs in America. And that's very, very underreported. It's going to be a lot more. Every month, the CDC publishes the new numbers. It just goes up and up and up. So as the end of November of 2021, the 12-month period, there was 106,854 dead from these deadly drugs, okay? Now, here's the thing. The cartels, this is what people don't realize. Nothing happens at the border without the cartels benefiting. So the cartels are making billions of dollars from all these migrants, these poor migrants that are coming from Central America and Mexico and these other countries, they're paying big money. And depends on who you talk to, they could be paying anywhere from $2,500 to $20,000 just to come into the country. So the cartels then have a much more robust cash flow to get more chemicals from China, to produce more meth. Read it. There was a lab reported in Mexico. October 28, 2021, there was a lab reported, it was an AP report, that the lab had about 260 pounds of fentanyl, but it was capable of producing, ready for this, 70 million fake pills a month in Sinaloa, Mexico. And you know what the DEA administrator put out to the public? That when they analyzed these pills in their lab, they have determined that 40% of the pills that they analyzed have a potentially lethal dose of fentanyl. Think about that. Wow. And now all these kids that are dying, they're snorting cocaine on a Friday night, these young 22, 24-year-old kids, you know, they're snorting a line of cocaine. They don't realize that the cocaine has fentanyl. The methamphetamine has fentanyl. The heroin has fentanyl. So we're seeing something that we've never seen. This is not an opioid crisis alone. Yes, we have a lot of addicted people in America that are addicted to opioids. It's very, very sad. It's been neglected for many years. And the corporate cartels got away with dumping 100 billion pills into America over a nine-year period and never were held accountable. Yeah, they're getting fines and everything like that, but business goes on. But more importantly, the cartels are taking advantage of the addicted population, and now we're seeing a new age group from like 13 to 18 years old, first-time users, young kids that may be depressed on anxiety, social isolation, whatever it may be, COVID-related stuff, and they're going online, and social media companies are enhancing their abilities to buy this deadly poison. So it's absolutely overwhelming. I deal with the families throughout America that have lost loved ones, and I hear the stories firsthand. It's quite alarming, and it's really sad because the basic 
number one priority of the federal government is to protect their citizens. And right now, put the politics aside. Like I've said repeatedly, Rita, this is not a red or a blue issue. This is a red, white, and blue issue because this fentanyl is not discriminating. It's killing all our kids, our future generation. And as Chinese Communist Party is sitting back in China using the cartels as their proxies to destabilize our country, it's a pretty good damn plan. Because it's working. We're, who's going to go and join our military over the next several years? Who's going to be the doctors and the lawyers and the teachers and the pilots and the bus drivers and the truck drivers? We're losing 100000 a year. So they're hurting our country in the future, and our officials are not stepping up to the plate. There's no sense of urgency, and they're lying to the public. It is outrageous, and the numbers are staggering. Well, Derek Maltz, I just want to thank you for everything that you have done and your family's done to protect this country and your great service to this country. This has been an eye-opening podcast, and I think it is so important that people hear the real facts. You've been there on the front lines, and we're grateful for everything you do. Thank you, Rita. I really appreciate it. And anytime you need anything, please let me know. Thank you very much. Have a great night. And everybody, I'll be back soon with another great edition of Protecting America. And of course, you can catch me every weeknight, 10 p.m. to midnight on the legendary WABC Radio. This is Rita Cosby, and thanks for all you do to protect America.